Hi everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at Love Walk at um, uh, One Love Live at Love Walk and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. I hope that this Bible study finds you in good health. As you know, we come together to read in the Word of God so that we can apply it and then also uh, so that we can learn the purpose of our life. And this Bible study is about applying the Word of God. And what we want to do today is really think about some of the ways that we can apply um, the Word so that we can ha- live an overcoming life. Because when I say that coming an overcoming life, a lot of times, you know, people are living with things like guilt, or shame or other kinds of things and I think when you don't face those kinds of things they become stumbling blocks and hindrances and that means you can't really practically apply God's word so let's go ahead and look into the Bible our anchor text is going to be one that we read before Um, And so it's really kind of talking about, um, you know, trespass offerings and sin. Um, But let me just go ahead and read it. It's going to be Leviticus chapter 6. And we're going to read um, chapter, I'm sorry, we're going to read verse 7. So it's very short scripture, but this is our anchor text. And it says, And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord, and it shall be forgiven him for anything of all that he has done in trespassing therein. Now it's very short, and I'll read it a second time because it is. It says, And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord, and it shall be forgiven him for anything of all that he has done done in trespassing therein. So that's Leviticus chapter 6 verse 7. And so we're reading that one and it's showing us that, and this is just an old testament text where it's talking about how after the individual has done all of the requirements to um, kind of restore his relationship with God and man, then he's forgiven of everything. And so we know that we are standing in a new place, a new place where um, we have been forgiven and we simply receive that free gift. Um, But we don't just receive it like, oh, great, you know, something for Christmas or my birthday. There is some responsibility along with that, and that is to repent. That means turning away from the lifestyle or the way that we had before. Uh, It means accepting that forgiveness and choosing to live differently from the way that we have in the past, making specific effort to do so. And so what I want to talk about here is overcoming guilt and shame and this is something that happens whenever we sin and if anyone says that that doesn't happen maybe they have a seared conscience or something like that if they don't feel bad about certain things that they've done in their past that they're probably regretful about but probably can't change and we all have areas or things that we've done uh, in the past whether we've done it to other people or you know something like that or it was a misunderstanding or whatever it may be and it may bring to us feelings of guilt or shame and so most people who commit sin are left with something kind of like a burden and it sits like a dead weight on the conscience and the Bible has very specific words about that. You know, he, he talks very specifically about how it sort of weighs on, uh, you know, the mind. You know, in the Bible, it says something like, you know, the sacrificing of bulls um, and, you know, goats and things of like things like that were not able to cleanse the conscience. And that is because even when a man restored to his brother, you know, the one, the 
the whole and the one-fifth. And he also made a sacrifice to God with a sheep or oxen or a turtle dove, something like that. He still didn't have a clean conscience. He still could remember what he did. And that's really the, the kind of gross and icky part of sin is that even when we ask people to forgive us and we ask God to forgive us, there's this sort of icky remembrance of what we did that we really can't quite get rid of. So have you ever heard people say that they have trouble forgiving themselves? Are you someone who has trouble forgiving yourself for something that you did? You know, that often comes from the weight of sin. And the Bible talks, you know, extensively about the weight of sin. There is a weight to it. Um, I remember when I was, you know, a young belie- uh, young, a young person and I had not become a believer yet, there was this weight, you know, and that's that weight of sin. And that comes from sin. And, you know, I'm going to say atonement helps, you know, it helps to, you know, get right with God. It helps to get right with man. These are the important parts of moving out of guilt, moving out of shame and learning even how to forgive ourselves. And so there are three parts. You have to get right with God. You have to get right with man. And then you have to get real (laughs) with yourself. And I think getting real with yourself is part of getting right with yourself. And these are important aspects. If you are struggling with guilt or if you are struggling with shame or maybe there's something that you've done that you can't seem to forgive yourself of, I think this is the time when we have to get real. And I think until we get real as believers about guilt and shame and about not forgiving ourselves, I don't think we're going to have that level of levity, that freedom that Christ wants us to have. So many people just ask for forgiveness and then they sort of dash this atonement and then they forget um, to actually learn from the failing. And that is how we overcome To forgive yourself, it helps to learn from the sin, whatever it is that you did wrong, how it happened, why you did it, and how you can learn from it to prevent a future issue. This requires getting real with yourself. Like I said before, a lot of times what happens is, is that we're not getting real with ourselves. The Bible says, know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so most people that struggle with guilt they struggle with it because they did not learn from it. They do not understand that that sin is a part of their members. It is a part of your members. So you have to guard against it rather than harbor guilt. And I think that's really the instructive part. The Bible says, guard your heart for out of it comes the issues of life. So if you have any issue in life, I don't care what it is, it starts with your heart. You have to deal with it in your heart. And oftentimes, you know, the things that we do, the offenses that we commit, we do it because something's going on inside of us. It's something that that we feel. You know, a lot of times the person hasn't done anything to us. Sometimes we just feel attacked. Sometimes we just feel inadequate. Sometimes we just feel angry, you know, and that forces us, that causes us to act in a way um, that, you know, the other person hasn't really done anything wrong to us. And when we do that, that's when that burden of sin and that burden of guilt comes upon us. And even when we ask for forgiveness, and even when we 
you know, atone and, you know, make things up with the other person, make things right or make things good with them. We still have this burden like, wow, I did that. That was so horrendous. And the Bible says to guard your heart for out of it comes the issues of life. So if we're going to do that, then we have to be conscious. I'm sorry. We have to be conscious of what it is that we're doing when we sin and when we ask for forgiveness and when we are forgiven, we have to be, we have to learn from it. And so people struggle with guilt because there is a condi- someone who condemns you. The Bible says that, you know, Satan is a, uh, an accuser of the brethren. That's absolutely true. He'll always bring back up things that you've done or said or whatever. And you've already asked for forgiveness. You've already atoned or created some reparation for it, but he'll always bring it back up. And the reason he brings it back up is because he wants to accuse you. He wants you to feel accused and guilty when Christ has died for us. I mean, think about the whole world walking around with the burden of sin when Christ has already forgiven them. It's absolutely crazy when you think about it. It's absolutely crazy that God has forgiven everyone but everyone has not taken the time to accept that forgiveness. So people also struggle with guilt, and this is not really talked about, but I'm I'm gonna be real with you guys. (laughs) A lot of times people struggle with guilt because they know they would do it again, okay? Sometimes we struggle with guilt is because we know we would do it again. And this is where understanding the nature of your flesh versus the nature of the new creature comes in. Now we talked about the new creature in some Bible studies, maybe a few back. So God said he's created you a new creature, but we have to renew and change our mind in order to walk in the fullness of what it means to be that new creature. So that means there'll be times when we will do things, we'll have failings. And that comes from sinful flesh. And so if you don't know the nature of your own sinful flesh, then you're going to be a victim to it. The Bible says that there is nothing good in the flesh. And the Bible says also, make no provision for the flesh so that you can escape from that. So you have to make a provision to escape from your own flesh. I know that sounds crazy, but I want you to think about it like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Or can you remember um, that very old, I mean, I'm dating myself as they say, but can you remember the gremlins? where they said, don't feed it after midnight, don't get it wet. You know, they had these, you know, different prescriptions prescriptions for this teddy bear looking little thing that if you, you know, if you didn't do that, then it would turn into this horrible monster. Um, And I think that's actually where we are as believers. If you think about the idea of the werewolf, he's, he's a normal man until the full moon comes out. Or if you think of Dracula, you know, he's sleeping peacefully in his coffin. And, you know, there's, there's, there's this great, you know, people write these stories because it really talks about the nature of mankind. And when we don't acknowledge the nature of our sinful flesh, then we would become victim to it even, even if we are believers. Now, I'm just gonna be real with you. Like I said, I've said this before, I'm a believer, have been one for a long time, but I'm not a holy roller and I'm not gonna pretend like I'm not human, like I don't have the same feelings as everybody else on the planet and the same kind of proclivities. And so in doing that and being real with myself, I'm able to you know, keep myself from certain things simply because I'm realistic about who I am 
as a human being, as a in fallen sinful flesh. And that's why I say one of the things in terms of getting right with God, getting right with man, you have to get real with yourself. And a lot of times we don't want to do that. You know, your capacity to sin does not go away with salvation. That's just a fact. And as long as you are in flesh, you will have a propensity to sin. So to save yourself from sin and guilt is by getting real with what is in your flesh. For some people, the thing that's in their flesh is anger. For some people, it's melancholy. Melancholy, I would say, is kind of like depression. Like, a lot of people don't think that they have a propensity for depression in the flesh to feel sad. <laughs> you know, think about these kinds of things. Or maybe even lust. Some people have it, okay? But for others, it might be quite dark. Now, these are things we know, anger, melancholy, lust, you know, yada, yada, yada. We all know this stuff, but there are other kinds of things that are in the flesh. Maybe you don't deal with it, but I'm sure there's someone out there who deals with it. They're not going to tell you because it's just a bit too dark. You know, some things are a bit too dark. You know, some people may struggle with murder or hatred or even rape. Think about this. That may be in their flesh. That's not who they are. That's what's in their flesh. Their struggles that we really don't want to talk about as believers. And the truth is we have to be real with ourselves about what is actually in the flesh. Now, keep things in perspective. This will help save you from guilt. We didn't get to choose what sins we would have in the flesh. We didn't get a choice. Nobody told me, okay, you know, today you can choose to have anger in your flesh. You can choose to have jealousy. What do you want? Jealousy or anger? And I said, you know what? I think I'll take anger. And then um, he said, well, what do you want? Do you want lust or do you want, um, you know, hatred? And I said, you know what? I think I'll take hatred. You know, I didn't get to choose which one. And all of us didn't get to choose what kinds of sins and proclivities that will be predominant in our flesh. So because we didn't have a choice of that, you shouldn't feel guilty about the different things that show up in your flesh. So stop feeling ashamed about those proclivities that you may have. Am I telling you to just bust out the red carpet for them and just live in them, revel in them? God forbid. I'm not saying do that, but I, what I am saying is that be real with yourself and how to guard against them. And most especially if they can hurt other people. You know, if you ha know that you have a propensity in, you know, your flesh to, you know, physically hurt people, then you need to think about how you are going to be able to control that as a believer and, and not feel a level of guilt about it. Like, oh, this is who I am. This is what is in your flesh. And until you're able to get real what's, with what's actually in your flesh and not what you pretend to be to other people or what you hide from other people, until you get real with that with yourself and with God, you will always feel guilty and you will always fall into that specific sin. The Bible talks about it this way. He says, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. You know, he says, if you're right, if you're, your eye, you know, offends you, pluck it out. What he's saying is to prevent sin. He's not telling you to actually cut your eye out or to slice your hand off. 
He's saying it's better to enter into the kingdom of heaven halt or maim or with a disability or something that holds you back rather than to get thrown into hellfire as a whole person without any um, you know, restraints. What he's saying is if you have to restrain yourself, do it. If you know that, let's say, going to, let's say, a bar to have a glass of wine, let's say, going to some sort of place to have a glass of wine, if you know that's going to lure you into other things, other people might be able to do it. Other believers might be able to go into a place, have a glass of wine or whatever, and be fine. But you may not. You know, some people might be able to buy a chocolate cake, put it in their refrigerator and have refrigerator and have a slice after supper or after dinner. But you may not. You might eat the whole thing the very same day and the very same hour that you bring it into the house. This is what I'm talking about is that you have to maim yourself. And when I say maim yourself, I'm not talking about truly hurting yourself, so don't send me a message saying that I'm saying self-harm is something you do, but I'm saying cut off opportunities. That's literally what he's saying when he says cut off your hand and pluck out your eye. He's saying cut off the opportunities to fall into sin. So we have to prevent sin. Sin is prevention. Prevent yourself from getting into the situation. And so many people refuse to be real with God and themselves. And even Christ warns us against this in his parable about the sinner that beats his breast and says, Lord, have mercy on me. And then the, the righteous man who says, oh, I am so righteous, Lord. You know, I'm just so perfect here when he prays. God is saying, be real with him. He wants you to be real with him about what's going on inside of you. You can't just go around feeling shame. Oh my God, I'm feeling this feeling. People are going to think this is what I am. No, what you need to do is deal with that. You need to say, yes, I have this in my flesh and I need to find ways to prevent myself from falling into the sin, no matter what it may be. The truth is, which we don't want to admit, is that guilt comes from pride. That's the point, not remorse. And that's sometimes the case. Sometimes guilt comes because we don't want others to see our moral failings. But the truth is we all live with moral failings because of sinful flesh. We all want to be perfect, but God wants us to be perfected. And that means the sense of being mature. God would rather you mature than be perfect because a mature man will see his obvious temptation and avoid it, while a perfect man will never ever make a mistake. And God knows this is not possible on earth, so he'd rather you become mature so that you avoid the sin rather than strive for an unattainable perfection to never want the sin. That's not the goal. You might have a desire or a want for it, but it doesn't mean you fulfill it. Maturity means I won't fulfill it. Maturity means I'll go around it. I'll prevent that from happening. The Bible says, don't be deceived about these kinds of things. We're not supposed to be deceived. The final point I want to make that gets us beyond guilt is, of course, consequence. 
And we don't talk about those. And generally, you will find that the believer will say, you know, I don't care what anyone has to say, I am forgiven. And that is absolutely true. But there is also consequence. And that's not something that we often talk about. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked whatever a man sows that he shall reap. This means no one gets away scot-free. Now, does this mean that consequences will destroy you? I really don't know. Like I said, I try not to make any prognostications. I just read what's in the word and I tell you about it, okay? God is the judge and this matters as to how much consequence you will get. It's not that you won't get consequence, of course, we all will, but how much you will get. Understand that Christ acts as one who mitigates punishment. The punishment for all sin, no matter what it is, is death. So anything short of death is an example of mercy and grace. It's an example of Christ mitigating the consequences for something that we've done that is sinful or wrong. So only God can decide how much of your punishment or consequence you will receive. And so that's why it's important to run to him instead of away from him when we make mistakes and sin. And because we cannot know how much God will mitigate, all we can do is try to avoid the sin of our hand or of our eye, which absolutely will offend us. And notice it said the sin that offended you, if your right hand offends you. Because what happens is the sin is going to cause a consequence that will undoubtedly offend you. So let me give you an example. There were some kids who taunted a prophet and it says the prophet was grieved and God sent, and there was a a bear or some kind of she bear that came along and tore those kids to shreds. Like it was just, you know, whenever I read that, I remember reading that as a kid, hearing about it as a kid in a very, you know, Christian household. And I just remember thinking how bizarre that was. Like why these kids were just taunting. They were just teasing. They were just, you know, being a little annoying, you know, and they got torn to shreds by a she bear. Like, Oh my God. I thought the, the, I thought that, you know, the, uh, consequence didn't match the action, you know, what they had actually done. But then if you think about Sarah, she used her own handmaid who created a child with her husband, which was against God's word. And the most thing that that woman got was a few squabbles in her household and the woman was eventually thrown out. Like we cannot understand why God does certain things. Like how is it that Sarah gets off with just a few arguments with her maid and these kids who were kind of teasing this prophet, you know, maybe they were mocking him or whatever. They get torn to shreds by a bear. I mean, like, we don't understand why these things happen in life. But we have to understand it's not God that causes them. It is God that mitigates them. The Bible says, in the Bible, it says, I have mercy on whom I will. So we don't really understand or know how much mercy he will give us or who he will give it to. It's his choice. And because you don't know that, That's why it's absolutely important to try and stop your hand from offending you and stop your eye from offending you. Get real with who your flesh is, not who you are, because you're a new creature on the inside. You need to renew your mind, you know, through reading the word of God, through prayer and study and fasting. But it's knowing what's in your flesh. 
you know, so it's best not to test him or to presume upon his goodness, like, oh, God will forgive me. Like, we really don't know what he, how much he will mitigate in terms of, you know, um, you know, whatever kind of consequence for a sin. So deliver yourself from guilt and from consequence by taking forethought about your own personal sinful flesh. You'll stop feeling guilty if you realize that maybe that sin or that proclivity that you have that you've been trying to get rid of for years, it's not actually you, it's in your flesh. And the only way you overcome that is by changing your mind. That's really it, changing your mind, staying in prayer, learning the word of God and living in it. This is how you overcome. And so I wanted to have this conversation about it because I think too many people live in guilt and in shame. And this is how you can overcome guilt and shame by understanding that some of the things that are going on inside of you are actually things that are going on inside of the flesh. And until we get real about what's in the flesh, I don't care how dark or savage it may be, then we'll never have victory over it. You have to be able to identify it first so that you can pray about it, so that you can know how to avoid it, and so that you can make sure that your hand doesn't keep offending you. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that this Bible study helps you and it blesses you and it gives you practical tools on how to rid yourself of guilt, of shame, and know how to forgive yourself and live an overcoming life. God bless you. Bye.